Central banks and governments control everything, right? I mean, that's what we're told. That's what everybody says, especially when it comes to their currency. It is their currency, right? Again, that's what we're told and taught from the very beginning, that when it comes to money and currency, central banks in particular can buy anything they want, any kind of asset, any kind of market, any kind of intervention. And they can do so because everybody says they literally create money on the spot to do these things. But then you see the results of something like quantitative easing, which is the central bank buying things, and see how pitiful they are, how pathetic they are, how underwhelming they are. And you wonder, maybe if this story is a little bit more complicated than it's made out to be. Because it's made out to be very simple. Government says, government does. The results are exactly what officials want. But then you see real world examples like China. China, the most powerful country on, in the Pacific, one of the largest economies, um, all that stuff. The PBOC, authority to do basically whatever it wants and needs under the Communist Party. But yet, China also had the world's largest, I mean, human history's large, they, they had the largest stockpile of reserves anyone has ever seen. And yet, where is their currency lately? Their currency is crashing, it's plummeting even though they have $3 trillion in foreign reserves. But then you remember, one time back in 2014, they had $4 trillion. And between the end of 20, uh, 2013 and the end of 2016, a trillion in Chinese reserves just disappeared, vanished. And CNY fell sharply anyway. What is going on here? Well, let's look at who has the world's second largest stash of foreign reserves and what's going on in that particular currency. I'm talking, of course, about Japan's yen. And just last night, rumors of interventions by the Bank of Japan, not confirmed, so-called stealth interventions to try to rescue Jap the Japanese yen, doesn't seem to be working there either. What is going on with all these currencies? Why are these governments and central banks apparently so powerless to stop what's what's happening across the financial markets and the monetary economy. Well, we'll get to that after this. Of course, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. And I'm going to tell you, if you're watching this on Emil Kalinowski's YouTube channel, you need to go over to the Eurodollar University YouTube channel because I think this week, this is the last week we're going to be posting videos in both places. And I know you guys want to get your fix of Eurodollar and collateral and CLOs and especially repo fails and all the things that we're going to talk about today. So go to the Uerdala University YouTube channel, subscribe, do whatever else YouTube says you need to do over there. At least find the channel so you know where, where to find these videos in the next week or so. As I said, central banks, all powerful, yet we find numerous examples where they don't seem to be, especially when it comes to currency. And a currency, again, we're all taught it's their currency. They're supposed to be able, they're supposed to be in control of these things. Yet two biggest countries, to, as far as foreign reserves go, having enormous problems with their own currency that are just dropping through every level. Japanese yen, lowest in over, uh, over 30 years. Chinese yuan, lowest since 2007, even during Xi Jinping's coronation as un 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 uh, unrestrained emperor. First time since Mao Zedong, massive amounts of reserves, all the power in the world, yet 
same results regardless. So what has to be what has to be taking place in either Chinese yuan or Japan's yen is obviously the dollar, the other side, because the, the what's happening to China, what's happening to Japan is not unique to Japan and China. And that immediately raises the questions, or raises the suspicions of Mr. J. Powell and the FOMC. Must be rate hikes. Of course, this is where I'm going to get out the Paul Krugman quote and say, well, no, other central banks around the world are hiking rates too. One that isn't, of course, is the Bank of Japan. So maybe that accounts for what we're seeing in the yen. After all, the Bank of Japan never hikes rates. They do nothing but QE. They're way behind the curve as far as other central banks go. And one of the most, or one of the most repeated myths about currencies is that it's all about interest rate differentials, particularly policy and short-term rate differentials. And in this case, that would seem to be a legitimate explanation. The Federal Reserve is raising rates rapidly. Rates in the short end of the yield curve, money rates are going up with them. Nothing's much is happening in Japan. Short-term rates are around zero and they're gonna be stuck there for the foreseeable future. So maybe that accounts for capital flight. Investors who don't like their returns in Japan leaving for better, better options elsewhere around the world, particularly US treasuries and the like. But then also you remember we went through this before in 2017 and 2018, where interest rates in the U.S. didn't go up as fast, but they got nearly as far. You forget that in November of 2018, the 10-year Treasury yield got as high as three and a quarter percent, which isn't that far off where it is now. Yet during 2017 and 2018, Japan's yen was stronger against the dollar. Generally speaking, there were ups and downs as there are fluctuations in all these things. But by and large, between 2016 and 2021, Japanese yen was on a moderate upward trend throughout that period. So interest rate differentials played no role in the yen's, uh, yen's movements during that period. So why, what changed? Because the yen started to decline around January of 2021. So what changed in January or February 2021? What changed in China, January and February of 2021? Well, it was a supply shock. That's what happened. And we see it happen. We see what's going on in the, in the, in the tally of Japanese trade statistics in particular, focusing on the yen here. The Japanese yen started to reverse that multi-year trend going moderately higher. Suddenly, January 2021, it's like it hit some kind of descent button. And it's been going down ever since, correlated with something else we'll get into in a few minutes that completes the other side of the supply shock story. But for now, around February of 2021, Japan started to import a lot. Well, no, no, not quite. It looked like they were importing a lot because their import statistics in nominal terms began to rise rapidly. And you saw a double-digit growth in February of 2021, then became 20%, then became 30%. And lately, the Japanese are importing at a rate of almost 50% year-over-year changes. So in August of 2022, the Japanese imported 50% more than they did in August of 2021, which sounds like a booming economy. In fact, that's how a lot of, when you see these statistics reported in various places in the media, 
That's what they say. The Japanese economy is booming. The demand must be really strong. Look, import. They're buying 50% more in goods this summer than they did last summer. That's a really strong economy, but that doesn't make any sense. I, why would a really strong economy in Japan also have a currency that is crashing and plummeting in the way that the yen is? That doesn't make any sense either. So the Bank of Japan is intervening. Maybe it intervened recently. We don't know. We'll find out, I guess, uh, over the coming days and weeks. Maybe they'll never tell us. Who cares? Bank of Japan doesn't want the yen. Import growth suggests the Japanese economy is doing really well. So where can we find answers? And it's the other side of that import statistic, which is volume, actual goods, actual goods and sometimes services going into Japan. By yen value, it looks like the Japanese economy is doing really well. They're paying a lot of yen for more imports, but they're paying a lot of yen because prices went up, not because the economy is doing ultra well, uh, really well. By volume in August of 2022, Japanese imports went up all of 2.8% year over year. So paying 50% more yen to get not even 3% more goods, that's a recipe for disaster. It's also a recipe for losing cash, losing yen, losing dollars, because the Japanese aren't paying for these imports in yen. They're swapping their yen for dollars so that they can pay for these goods, on, mostly energy and food, on global markets because even though the yen used to be a relatively robust reserve currency nowadays not so much and pretty much everything is on the other side of the US dollar anyway so more yen leaving means more need for dollars to pay for things going into Japan so what changed around January and February of 2021 was the sudden need for a lot more dollars which shouldn't have been a problem, right? Because let's go back to Mr. J. Powell. Mr. J. Powell in May of 2020 said, I flooded the world with digital dollars. This mega QE that he had unleashed in March and April of 2020. And he even said, we, we flooded the world. There's so many dollars here that a lot of people equated the price shock from, some, from, from uh, 2021 with money printing inflation. He did his job so well that people rushed out to buy real estate, to buy cryptocurrencies, to buy all sorts of wealth protection strategies because the dollar was going to crash. But then the dollar didn't crash either. The dollar went in the other direction. Again, this doesn't seem to make much sense. So the Japanese suddenly need a whole lot of dollars to pay for the basics of economic and just life, food and energy. But then the dollars weren't there because we know that we know that because the dollar was going up and we already started to see warning signs as early as February 2021 that forget Jay Powell, all was not right in the monetary system, the global euro dollar system, which is where all the dollars actually come from. We saw it in Fedwire late February 2021 started to see inklings of repo, collateral shortages, lack of T-bills, right from January 2021 too. So all of these warning signs that have only escalated through time up until 20, up into 2022, continuing on into today, now with all the dollar swaps in Switzerland, UK, and all the other stuff, 
and Japanese yen Bank of Japan intervening. From that we can infer reasonably, more than reasonably, that despite a heightened need for dollars to pay for all these imports, as well as other things, financial flows and whatnot, Japan isn't getting them. And we know they're not getting them because Japan has been using its foreign reserves, just like China. Now, Japan's foreign reserves, at least what they report to the IMF, that peaked back in August of 2021. So as the import trend really began to accelerate, as prices really began to accelerate through the summer, as the warning signs of euro dollar number five began to proliferate, shutting off dollar flows into Japan or available made available to Japan, suddenly the Japanese began to use their reserves because they weren't getting the dollars they needed to pay for all of these imports. I believe it topped out in August of 2021. Again, the IMF template, uh, total Japanese reserves, a little bit above, above 1.4 trillion. I think it was 1.43 trillion, 1.424 trillion in August 2024, or August 2021. As of the latest filing, they're a little bit behind. I don't know if the Chinese infection here. Um, as of August 2022, the latest data they've sh they, they report, the Bank of Japan reports, they're down to 1.238 trillion. So that's about 200, $200 billion in reserves that disappeared simply because the dollars aren't available for Japan in other ways. And those other ways are usually borrowing. If there was a surplus of dollars, as Jay Powell had said in 2020, that surplus of dollars would have found its way to Japan because Japan, at least nominally, presented tremendous opportunity to make, forgive me, a quick buck. If you have spare dollars and you see Japan needs a whole lot of dollars and they're willing to pay for them, why not invest or lend to Japanese firms that need the dollars? Instead, dollar constraints, balance sheet constraints among money dealers has shown they don't want to lend to Japan. In one, sense, in one way, that makes a lot of sense because if the Japanese economy is so dependent upon food and energy imports whose prices are skyrocketing and may not, uh, those prices may not come down anytime soon, that really makes Japan a bad bet. So the Japanese are suffering from a dollar shortage in addition to the supply shock, which that's not inflation, folks. Inflation is where money continues to pour in to fill in these kinds of imbalances. It's not inflation. It's nothing more than the supply shock combined with the downside of the supply shock in the monetary system, which is the dollar shortage, which is why when you look at the Japanese yen, it correlates very strongly with U.S. dollar repo fails. U.S. dollar repo fails, an indication of collateral shortages, which constrain euro dollar availability around the rest of the world. Constraints in euro dollar availability means dollars are not going to Japan. Japan needs those dollars, forcing them to pay a higher and higher and higher and higher and higher premium to acquire them, which we see as falling exchange values. So the Japanese, what changed for the yen, not rate hikes, it was the supply shock the supply shock that had a tremendous impact on imports, combined with the fact that this is not inflation, nor, nor was it ever. Instead, it is a growing dollar shortage that isn't just impacting Japan. Japan is just our today's lesson in euro dollar economics. 
it's impacting everybody around the world. Just ask those in London or those in Switzerland and their counterparts in China, whose currency has fallen, as I said at the beginning, to its lowest level since 2007, even as the 20th Communist Party Congress in that country tries to project nothing other than strength. The global dollar system is rendering a verdict on all these places, which is not strong, it's not robust, it's not recovery, nor is it again inflation. We've got the downside of the supply shock and quite literally places around the world are paying through the nose for it. Now what that means for the rest of us, it seems pretty obvious. A recipe for contraction, recession, nasty global conditions, deflation, all the, all the worst kinds of cases that we see or that we can think of are being priced into curves in money and finance around the world for these reasons. Nothing to do with Jay Powell, governments and central banks do not control their currencies. Their currencies are nothing more than the other side of the euro dollar system and the euro dollar system isn't having a great day. I hope you do have a great day. Again, I'm Jeff from Eurodollar University. Uh, check us out at eurodollar.university. As I said before, go to the Euro YouTube channel, Eurodollar University, where these videos will be uploaded exclusively at some point pretty soon. Uh, information, subscriptions, memberships, uh, all those things available at eurodollar.university. Check it out there. Until next time, take care.